Every day of our lives is spent in the built environment. We live in homes and apartments, drive on roads, get gas from pipelines, go to work in buildings, make purchases in stores and restaurants. We rely on factories, plants, doctor's offices, and hospitals for our basic human needs. And while our world continues to shift and grow and change, the development and delivery of the built environment has fallen dramatically behind. Welcome to The Built Revolution. We're here to engage the leaders, visionaries, and innovators who are revolutionizing the built environment. This podcast is brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Welcome to the Built Revolution podcast. My name is Mona Hagag, and I'm a principal with Continuum Advisory Group. It's my pleasure today to welcome Brian Coaches from Jacobs Engineering, who's a principal, and Charlie Atkinson, who's also uh, with Jacobs Engineering and was really the lead and spearhead of the LA Courthouse Project. The project is notable as being a true best practice in the implementation of design build for GSA. The project was actually completed in less than four years' time, and as many people who may be on the line might know, it takes approximately seven years plus to execute on these projects successfully. So I really want to understand what was the secret behind it and get a little bit more into uh, what we can learn from it and, and how that can be applied across the construction industry. So I'll pass it over to Brian to really talk a little bit more about how you define project success from the onset and your philosophy at Jacobs for doing so. Thanks, Mona. So at Jacobs, the first first of all, my role at Jacobs, I'm, a, as you mentioned, a principal um, with a responsibility for overseeing contracts and um, some of our operations and sales from the home office. We have uh, a considerable practice with the federal government and in particular uh, with the part of the federal government that is really like the landlord for federal buildings, and that's General Services Administration, GSA. And uh, the LA Courthouse was a project that we were contracted to support GSA on. And in the role of, um, it's called construction manager as agent. And it, in short, it's it's really owner's representative services, owner's rep. And in that capacity, we essentially act as the owner. We act on their behalf to protect their interests and ensure the money that is being invested is appropriately, uh, the return is there, both through the design process and the construction process. Mm -hmm. And that was the case with uh, LA Courthouse. Um, And Charlie, and you'll hear in a minute, was instrumental in every step of the way on that that very uh, large project that took quite a while to get to the point where they were beginning to uh, start design. But anyway, with regard to your question, uh, defining success, you know, it's in your opening, Moni, you mentioned, I guess, the secrets of project delivery. It's there's no real secret. Obviously, if there was, people would figure it out, and uh, you know, buildings and uh, infrastructure would be uh, would be built in a much more successful way. But I think the the way projects are are designed, built, and delivered, really. The, the degree of success is probably a function of more than anything else, the people and the personalities of the people who are involved. And there's a lot of companies that are involved in the uh, construction and, and design industry in this country and throughout the world. 
and so there's no, uh, you know, there's no monopoly. It's quite the opposite. It's a very fractured market. So it's really rare that you'll ever see a project team that has worked together before because they're typically brought together for a single project from different companies and different entities, the government included. And then they, um, they execute and deliver a project and then off to another project. Um, so it's very rare that you get an opportunity to work with a contractor or uh, an owner or an architect or designer that you've worked with before. So, so therein lies the challenge. You're bringing together a lot of usually type A personalities. <laughs> That's the nature of the business. And everybody's coming in with different, not different objectives per se, but there are different motives that adhere to each of the entities. Obviously for the private sector, there's a profit uh, motive. So, you know, that's part of it. The government has different objectives and requirements. So how do you bring all of those different entities and people together and develop a cohesive team that can successfully navigate the, the four years of construction, you know, multiple years of design and, and what it transpires from start to finish. Typically what we've seen, and so to, to kind of narrow it down to one thing, the people during construction in particular that are on site who are vested with the, the, the title of project manager, they're the ones that ultimately make decisions. They have to deal with the uh, unbelievable number of challenges that occur on a daily basis and maintain working relationships for the good of the project. And there's a phrase in the business that's called a project first mentality or mindset or, or thought process. And if you can get people or if the project is so fortunate to have people with that attitude, that to me is your ticket to success. And you can overcome, you know, just about anything with that level of commitment and interest for what the project is all about. For us, we were fortunate to have Charlie uh, on this project. And as we've seen with a lot of his, his work, in fact, all of his courthouses have been delivered on time within budget. Those are typical measures or metrics for success. But when the government and even the builder and the designer come away um, you know, remarking how they'd love to work together again, which has been the case with Charlie's projects, that I think speaks volumes for the success of a project. Absolutely. Charlie? Uh, thanks, Brian and Mona. I came to the project, as Brian said, at the very early stages prior to any selection of the AE or the uh, des design-build team. And the timing was such that I... I was wrapping up the San Diego Federal Courthouse, and I moved right over to the L.A. Courthouse, and um, L.A. Courthouse being my sixth courthouse I've, I'd worked on with GSA. And everyone comes into the project with goals in mind, uh, what they want to achieve through the completion of the project. But we wanted, we wanted to come into it without any hidden agendas. 
We wanted everything to be open book. We wanted to have open discussions about our concerns and uh, what our needs were for the project. And Jacobs was tasked with uh, clearly defining the scope of work that was used as the bidding documents for the design build teams. So we wrote the RFP. Uh, we got involved in all this collection and development of the specifications. And we got involved in the interview process of the design build teams. So during that first year, we were uh, heavily involved with GSA and the, the future tenants, the customers. And we made a commitment to really work together. And as Brian said, put the project first, do what we can to achieve what's best for the project. And through the entire selection process and start of the design effort, I, th I thought the scope was clearly defined. And through that process, you're just getting to know each other and personalities and know what was needed to be done and what everybody's goals were for their project or for their, their company and uh, even down to the subcontractor level. But it, it, it was, wouldn't have been possible unless people really committed to uh, doing what they could can to make the project a success. And if we could uh, make the, the architect and builder successful, GSA was going to be successful and everyone involved in the project. And I, I feel that, you know, we achieved that. We provided a project or a courthouse to the GSA and to the public. That's um, it's been very, very useful and very practical. Absolutely. Well, Charlie, that's an interesting point that you bring up around building trust. Brian, in one of our previous conversations, you talked about Stephen Covey's speed of trust. And there are a couple of elements there that are important when you kick off a project. Can you elaborate more on how that was done on this project? I think Charlie can probably give more tangible examples of the actual trust building on the project. But in just in general, and I, I, I recalled making that reference in an earlier remark that I kind of came across that book some years ago. And, you know, the essence was really to try to find ways to accelerate trust building. And there are various, you know, tactics that uh, are fairly common in our business and probably other industries as well. One of them called partnering. You have an independent facilitator at the start of a project that you try to establish common um, goals, objectives, you know, develop kind of almost like a, a project a mission statement to develop that collaboration. It's it's a tactic for accelerating trust. You know, if you you've been going to your dentist for forty years, when you go for your next visit, is it some inherent trust there? Otherwise, you wouldn't be going. When you've got a project team that's never worked together, that's a different story. So, how do you accelerate that trust? So, it kind of dovetails with, I guess, what I was alluding to just a minute ago that when different these different people, personalities come together. If the individuals involved, particularly at that the project manager level, and it doesn't stop there, but it certainly is absolutely essential at that level to have some means and some intent to try to work together, to try to see 
what the other party's objectives are and needs. And that's one thing I think that it's easy to say, you know, let's uh, work together. Let's make sure, you know, we are all going to succeed on this project. But when you've got challenges that occur, and, and just to digress one second, these projects, these are these federal, these are federal government projects. Mm-hmm. So unlike perhaps a um, high-end hotel or a big development or a, a casino or something, we're dealing with taxpayer dollars. And so protection of the government investment is really uh, being the, the caretaker of our taxpayer dollars. And, and so with that comes a lot of responsibility. They're extremely complicated, complex, and challenging. Building a $350 million courthouse in the middle of downtown Los Angeles, I mean, that pretty much speaks for itself. That is not easy. Yeah. So... The way to accelerate trust, the speed of trust, um, I think is taking as much time as you can going in knowing that you have to know and understand what the other entities need to be successful and work in a sincere way toward helping that, to facilitate that, as well as, you know, making our own goals for success and the government since we represent the government, that's those measures that we try to attain are uh, fairly consistent with government practice. And there's a lot, a whole host of things there. But the design, and in this case, it's a design build contract. So uh, the designer is a contract subcontractor to the builder. The builder has a contract with the government. There are subcontract contracts and supply contracts and materials contracts that are endless, endless. So that's the the tricky part. And Charlie, I think you, you know, you have always shown a great ability to understand, you know, what makes these guys tick and how, how can we help them to succeed? What does that mean? Well, it's not only monetary, but schedule, getting answers quickly, getting the right. And Charlie, maybe you could pick up. I mean, there, there's, there's so many ways that we can and that you typically facilitate a construction project progress. And since time is money, that is so vital. And when the other entities see that, they respond uh, and you can build trust many times faster than otherwise if that wasn't there. Yes, and Brian, you mentioned uh, the partnering, which is, you know, partnering is an aspect of the project that some people like, some people don't. But again, it's it's really an opportunity for people to really express their concerns. But again, it's a time where everyone needs to be committed to the process to make it effective. And I've always approached the project as trying to be all-inclusive, meaning you know, include everyone in conversations and to gather information and make decisions. Yeah, you need to have a single decision maker at times, but you want to do your best to gather as much information as you can to help with that decision because not not everyone has all the answers. And as you move into the project, you just need to realize that there are other people there that from their experience can, can offer a lot to the process. And I've always tried to include everyone in those meetings where we talk about issues and 
resolution of issues. Again, it just comes back to you know giving people an opportunity to express their concerns and to just to help build that respect and trust for for each other. And uh, you know, it, it carries even down to the point with you know safety on the project. The LA Courthouse job uh, was was very successful for our safety. We had no lost time accidents and had over two million man hours of work. It was just a, a, a great success story for the entire team. And again, I say the entire team because it's it's all inclusive. Everyone everyone plays a part in that process of making it successful. Charlie, you uh don't tell anybody. I, I did not include earlier uh, safety in the uh, response to Mona's question about success, but clearly that is of paramount importance to everybody. That's that's a, a no-brainer. And wh- what was it? Two two million man hours worked? Is that what you said? Yes, it was. Yes, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's incredible. That is phenomenal. You know, from the home office, you know, the, the exec level perspective, I guess. I tell you, one of the things that I notice, um, and I used to be a project manager in the field earlier in my career. So when you when you're at the exec level where you get to go to a job and only you know swoop in, as they say, and maybe once a month or even less frequently, um, one of the things that always is almost like a telltale, if you will, the sailing analogy, that gives you some feel for how your project manager is is operating in this trust building atmosphere that we're talking about it, and something that i've seen you do a lot charlie like for all the years we've been working it it's not lost on me that when you're walking a job site you know and you just come in walk around get a feel for it you have always uh had a real good uh, first of all, great name recall, but you get you seem to know not only the people you're working with on a project, but you know the guys, the laborers in the field, the people, and the, we're talking about project sites with uh, I don't know what you ramped up to at peak, Charlie, but I'm sure there were several hundred at at one point on that job site per day. Um, but and not that you knew every one of them, but. They knew you and you knew them and, you know, you could speak to them. And while that maybe doesn't, you know, result in anything tangible on a, you know, day in, day out basis, that also speaks to building a level of trust and communication with all entities. And and I think those little things are what go to making a project success not only for us, but, you know, what others would consider a success from their perspective as well. And then if I may add to that, uh, yes, I, I did like to walk the job. Uh, maybe I didn't get it done every day, but I'd, I'd walk it th- three times a week anyway. But we encourage everyone to take ownership in, in the project just to, you know, understand what's going on and, uh, what activities are happening, but just to realize that everyone there in the field can make a difference. And it, it goes back to the point of, you know, you respect the, the guys in the field doing the job. They were the ones that are, that are making it happen. We as managers can sit back and say, well, you need to do this and do that. But 
they are the ones that make it happen and you know give them the the respect and honor that they deserve for making that happen. Charlie, you bring up an important point around the interpersonal relationships um, that were built on the job. It sounds like there's a certain level of authenticity around what you were doing. The project meant a lot to you from what I can hear. Brian saying about uh, what you did as well as um, talking to some of the other people that were involved with this project. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that physically looked like? I understand that there was a there was a main room where really everybody who was working together was actually literally putting post-it notes on the wall and having uh, face-to-face com- communication conversation to do problem solving. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I'll start with uh, the contractor who was Clark Construction, used lean construction, and it was a very effective means by which they could inform the subcontractors on the direction that the job was flowing, how the work was flowing. You know, as you always say, you you plan your work and you work your plan. And they were able to achieve that. Right. And the subcontractors were able to understand it on their level. It wasn't like looking at a, you know, primavera schedule with all the logic ties and stuff. It was looking at post-it notes on the on the wall to really understand well, this is what I need to do tomorrow, or this is where I need to be at the end of this week. It was just very effective, and the subs were able to understand what we were trying to achieve. And so we had our our management meetings, but by bringing those subs in and getting involved in the day-to-day activities, it just helped the workflow, and it, it helped them take ownership of what they're trying to achieve to get the job finished. And I, you know, I commend Clark for what they did on that, and it was a, a great effort. Great, that's a, that's very interesting. That communication keeps coming up over and over again, and and how you describe the project and the project success. Are there any takeaways that you would have for somebody who's embarking on a project and wants to, to some extent, replicate what you did, maybe on a personal level, and how they approach what they do, kind of similar to Charlie? Is there anything that you would take away from? maybe your own personal philosophy around project management. Um, I'll start with you, Brian. I really don't ponder that kind of a question. And here we are after so many projects in so many years, but I guess the, um, the nature of this business is, can be, it's very rewarding. I think people who are in it and enjoy what we do um, get to see the finished product product, but, I guess the overriding approach I would uh, advocate is to, um, and I'm going to echo what Charlie's just been talking about. Uh, it's it's about respect. The, you know, the old days of project delivery used to be uh, a, a much more, um, you know, the conventional just pound sand kind of attitude and squeeze the contractor or try to. Uh, exploit the owner, depending on what side you're on, as much as possible. And I think the projects that are designed and built today in the 2000s, and here we are in 2018, um, they're done a, a lot faster in many regards, certainly a lot more complicated and complex. And yeah, there's a lot of advances and innovations in technology, no question. But at the end of the day, I'd, I'd say the biggest um, a factor that has impacted the business in terms of 
quote project success is a different um, a different way of of operating together. And there's you know there's all kinds of uh, different contractual methods out there. Integrated project delivery being one of them, where there's actually a single contract and. That wasn't the case here. This was a design build contract with the government, um, but it was done by people and with people and companies who were able to respect the other entities and the other people they're working with. And I remember the um, the wrap up meeting that you had at the uh, the courthouse, Charlie, when GSA came in and. I guess it was like a, uh, a lessons learned um, session. And they spent all day, interviewed each entity separately, and then uh, kind of a wrap up at the end. And I was just out there more as a, just as an observer, if anything. But I remember at the, uh, the wrap up session, Charlie, that here we were. I mean, that, this was the end of the road for all you guys who had spent years on this project. So that in and of itself is pretty monumental. But there was a palatable sense of trust and respect that each of the maybe 20 people in that room showed each other. And that was that includes, we had the courts in there. We're talking, I don't know if the judge, federal chief judge was there, but certainly their representatives, the, uh, I think the U.S. Marshals. And that, to me, I, 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 I saw... Um, uh, evidence of the one factor, respect and trust, that um, if you can build that, and that's why we talk about speed of trust, the faster you get to that, the quicker you will be on a path that will allow for projects to succeed, just like this one. Charlie, I, you know, I'll toss it to you, but you, um, you've done a, a number of these. I've seen the same kind of characteristics in the project participants, you know, those projects like this one, they all get, they're getting all kinds of awards. In fact, uh, right before we started the broadcast here, I, I mentioned that just today, uh, GSA released their um, updated version of their uh, building standards, which they use for all of the buildings that uh, throughout the country. And um, the cover of that is uh, the new version is the L.A. Courthouse. So uh, clearly, uh, besides the awards, it's now memorialized with the GSA standards nationwide. So I think, you know, they saw they they were as very every bit as responsible as the other entities for building that trust and respect their project manager and project exec and um you know, they brought in, they did something uh, I thought pretty progressive. They uh, brought, actually imported their project manager from a whole nother part of the country because they felt this project needed the best they had. And that's uh, Dwayne, and he, he was brought in for that. Likewise, that's why Charlie was there. We, we've we had Charlie on courthouses all over the country, but when we won the uh, CM services for LA, uh, there was no question this was, this was for Charlie. Uh, not to mention the fact that it was the perfect bookend to um, his string of courthouses, which Charlie, I believe, that started with a federal, a U.S. courthouse in Los Angeles, didn't it? 
Yes, it did. That. Right. The first one was about five blocks away from where we built this one. <laughs> but again, uh, Brian, you mentioned the relationships and when the job finished up, everyone agreed that they would love to do another project together because the team worked so well. And in fact, we were, Jacobs was awarded another little uh, project there in LA based on what we did at the LA courthouse job for CM services. So, you know, everything we approach and every, every firm as they approach their job, they need to figure on well, relationships and, you know, maybe we can get another job after this one. And that's another uh, sign of success. Absolutely. Um, and Charlie, what would you describe as your personal philosophy around approaching these projects and the success that you've had? Honesty and uh, high level of integrity and willingness to listen and include or consider everyone's opinions. Just be inclusive for the team members. Absolutely. Let's Oh, you know, I was going to say, you listening to the, you know, these descriptions that we're, we're providing, there's no real magic way to do that. So it really comes down to personalities and people. I don't remember ever taking a course. I guess I did take some college courses in, you know, business ethics and whatnot, like we all did. But when you are um, on a project in the field or, you know, home office or whatever your role is, the challenges and the pressures that everybody faces for, you know, faster, quicker, less expensive, more efficient every single day, that becomes a real challenge to develop mechanisms or methods of not only coping with that, but using opportunities that arise to demonstrate that type of respect and integrity and you know as they say with trust you it takes a lifetime to build and a second to lose um and you know on a project at least uh i'd say the same applies and it's the little things that people see and notice and that not always but more times than not will translate to the kind of working relationship that we're describing is is really key to success and you certainly know when it's not there everybody's got war stories oh, yeah. so here we are exploring a you know a real success and as i've mentioned i've i've seen some of the other courthouse projects and been on um some with charlie that have had the same success and um that's uh, I guess that that's is that Stephen Covey is that his name? Yeah, Stephen yeah, Covey. yeah. He, yeah. I think if I recall, it's been a while since I read it, but he really is a lot of you know tips on how to uh, tactics on how to develop and uh, expedite trust building. But um, you know, I guess my takeaway was here we had the L.A. courthouse, and by the way, that took I I think I heard. Uh, anywhere from 10 to 12 years of effort um, to get approval, uh, to get funding, to get congressional approval, to get judiciary consensus, so on and so forth, before it even got to the point where there's a project that is ready to begin design. So when you look at it from the government's perspective, you're talking about a, a project delivery time horizon that's 15, 20 years. 
So you can imagine how much um, uh, excitement and interest they had when that project began construction. Um, so, you know, however, I don't know if that was uh, evident on the site, Charlie, when you guys actually started and, you know, would be dealing with the government every single day. But, you know, from the from my much further away perspective uh, and closer to Washington, you know, I I was acutely aware of how of, of the the intensity of the spotlight that was on that project uh, for for GSA and for the courts and for what it means. I mean, you know, not only taxpayer dollars, but this is, you know. Federal judges, federal crime. This, yes, justice oh, right here. <laughs> I can't imagine what they were dealing with. Um, yeah. You know, waiting for their new um, their new building to be done. But um, anyway, Charlie, I, 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 long digression. But you you've seen um, all of the players in different courthouses. Was this one? Uh, and was there anything unique about uh, L.A. compared to Richmond or San Diego or Beckley or uh, the list goes on with you, all your courthouses? But certainly this was I think this was the biggest one, was it not? It was the largest in uh, monetary value. Uh, and you did mention that when the project did start, there was a lot of excitement because of the, the years it took to get there. But when it did start, it was the largest GSA project they had gone at the time. And there were not very many. So we had a lot of folks from the central office in Washington that were interested in the project. And a lot of them uh, participated in the design reviews. So we were getting uh, a lot of comments from uh, different people around the country to the project and, you know, wanting to make sure we included as much as we could for the dollars that we had. So, but there was a lot of excitement. And, but again, the GSA project manager we had was able to control a lot of those comments and that level of participation. So again, everyone stepped up and did what they needed to do for the project to, to keep it on the right track. Absolutely. Is there anything further that you'd like to add about the project? One thing I'll always uh, take away, we, we had an opportunity after the project was delivered and actually after the courts had operated it. Federal courthouse, a U.S. courthouse, is, uh, is not a place you, you just go visit um, once it's open, obviously very secure by U.S. Marshal Service. But we, Jacobs uh, and Charlie included, we had a... a um, internal meeting in LA, I guess it was January of a year ago. Or so, and um, it was to do lessons learned on a broader scale, but we being in LA, we took the opportunity to go over um, and see the courthouse. And because it was, we had scheduled this meeting on Martin Luther King day, um, federal holiday. So the courthouse was closed. And so Charlie he had the keys to the joint. Uh, we had permission to go in. The marshal service was still there. So we got a great tour of the building. So, um, Charlie, I, I've got a uh, not only a, uh, a digital photograph, but a mental. the mental one I have is even better of uh, our exiting the courthouse, the L.A. courthouse, 
at the end of that two hour tour we had of the building. Um, and seeing you walking out those doors for the last time, uh, <laughs> I think you had uh, hands in the air, uh, no better way to, to move on, uh, to the next, uh, stop in your life and career, um, and, and kind of put your stamp on that courthouse. So, uh, that was, that was kind of fun. Most people are glad they don't get to see a federal courthouse after it's in operation. <laughs> Imagine not. <laughs> but uh, when uh, when we went through there, and uh, yeah, this is a huge building, twenty four yeah. courthouses, courtrooms. I'm sorry, yeah. yeah, it's it's huge. I think you know. I would encourage anyone in the area to stop by and you know go into the building and just look around the public areas. But yeah, do go in the front door. You don't want to use any other doors. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only one enter the courthouse. Won't get too far there. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's really been uh, it's been an honor speaking with you both today and and learning more about this award winning project. Um, you know, spent the last year uh, hearing about it, reading about it, and it's. it's truly a great pleasure and opportunity to have you both on the Build Revolution podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Built Revolution pod brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Continue the conversation on Twitter at Built Revolution pod or email us at hello at builtrevolutionpod.com. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals being interviewed and they do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsoring organizations. 